1: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to TRAD Controversies on the Restoration Radio Network. I'm your host, Stephen Heiner, and on this episode, I'm joined by Father Anthony Cicada, Associate Pastor of St. Gertrude the Great Roman Catholic Church in Westchester, Ohio, also a seminary professor, and for purposes of today's show, polemicist. Father, thank you for joining us.
0: Happy to be here.
1: On this episode of TRAD Controversies, we're going to be discussing the Unicum Mass. For those of you who are unfamiliar with that terminology, refers to the part of the canon in which we, in normal times, we would pray in union with uh, the Holy Father, in union with the Pope, una cum famo tu Papa Nostro. And obviously it's a confusing time, and there's some confusing messages uh, out there about this issue. Some uh, set of a conscious clergy say it's it's not a big deal. Uh, In fact, I think the exact phrase is, if there's no other masses around, dot, 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 uh, you can go. And Father Ciccata, uh, and uh, I, I suppose I should say that the the reason why this is an important show to me particularly, is yeah. Father Ciccata very patiently waited for three years for me to come around on this issue. And when I say come around, I would say just studied it and uh, talked to people, study it some more. But I didn't have what I'm hoping to give to you. So I didn't have a radio show with Father Chikata to listen to. I didn't have a, a video. In fact, if you're interested, those of you who are uh, Platinum Annual members, you can simply go to Father Chikata and I's interview on True Restoration Media, and uh, you can find uh, our discussion about the Unicum issue. So this is particularly important for me because when I realized all the points that Father will cover today, I had to walk away from a daily mass situation that I had in Kansas City, where I was attending as a a set of a contest attending SSPX sacraments, which which should sound, if that sounds strange to you, that's because it is, uh, and it should sound strange to you. And I suppose that's a good place for us to start, Father, because you, in two articles that we're going to reference today, Grain of Incense, which I say is for the AP and the Honors students, is Father's long, footnoted, 18-page article on this. And then he also has the back-of-the-envelope Modern man Edition, which you can find on his blog at Queedlybet. And we'll link to both of those in the show notes. So whichever version you want to read, the pertinent points will be covered. But Father, you lead with talking about a feeling, right? And I think you did this also in your pamphlet on, on Welcome to the, the traditional Latin Mass, that these investigations start with a feeling, like there's something wrong here. And that that, that's fine. That's a starting point. But obviously, as Catholics, we, we're, we have to do better than our feelings on this matter, correct? Uh, exactly. Um, the, as with, I suppose,
0: just about uh, every other issue, we, we start with the, the, this, this um, emotion that's uh, telling us that somewhere I sense a, a contradiction, Between uh, one thing and another, and in this case, the contradiction is between the uh, reality that we, as state of the contest, recognize that um, uh, the post-conciliar popes were false popes, and the the contradiction between that particular conclusion, and then the. Uh, fact of assisting at the mass at a mass where they're proclaimed to be true popes and to be members of the Catholic Church so uh, we we start with that, and understandably, I suppose that makes us feel uh, a little bit uncomfortable and that then is the the uh, the seed the starting point for or an investigation to find out what the principles are, how we should act as Catholics.
1: And I suppose part of that is a journey for you as well, Father, because as is the case with many things, you did not come out of uh, the womb or even out of the, the minor seminary womb with a, a constructed, fully constructed idea or even a knowledge, because there wasn't any need to, to look uh, deeply at the unicum question when you had Pius XII as your as your pope as you were going through uh, seminary high school,
0: no, obviously not. It's only when you you come to the realization later on of the evil of Vatican II and you figure out the uh, source for it, the modernist heresies, and you see re- who is really responsible for it, and then you draw the conclusions from that that um, the lights one by one start to uh, to go on from the time that. I um, was a traditionalist, so that would be from about 1975 uh, onward when I entered the Pius X seminary in, in uh, a Cone, uh, Switzerland. I was, I suppose, uh, what was later referred to as a state of a contest. I didn't recognize Paul VI as a true pope. I thought he was uh, by that time, I had concluded that uh, he was not a Catholic. He could not be a true Pope, and um, I didn't recognize him as such, even though people around me certainly did, and uh, certainly the uh, certainly Archbishop Lefevre uh, at that uh, time did recognize Paul the Sixth as, as the Pope, and and he was well when uh, he
1: wasn't the Antichrist. I think. Well,
0: when he wasn't the Antichrist, that was a little bit later, but. The um, you know he was prayed for as uh, the pope at uh, uh, benediction and his name was was mentioned in the canon of the mass. But I at that point I suppose I had a a strange feeling about it. But you never uh, making a practical connection as to uh, how to act when it comes to something like this uh, was something that I have to say that I didn't figure out. I certainly didn't pray for him as as the Pope. Those of you who know a little bit about me know that um, I'm an uh, organist, a church musician, and I used to end up playing the organ uh, at uh, the Seminary Law for Benediction. Uh, during Benediction in French-speaking countries, they had the uh, practice of singing the prayer, or Remus Pro Pontifici, let us pray for our, our, our Pope during the course of benediction. But I would uh, always make a point of, of uh, retiring from the organ by the time it was pl- to play for benediction, and encouraging the chanters, if they were going to do anything, please do it without me and do it a cappella.
1: So, thought you were going to say that you you started in on some Bach sonata or tocotapies <laughs> to, to drown out the the prayer, because that, that might have worked as well, and then they couldn't well, really fault you. <laughs> That that might have only been later. <laughs> um, so it
0: it I didn't make that much of a connection for myself, although I didn't recognize him as the Pope, and I certainly wasn't going to do it. And even my uh, first Mass, or when I celebrated at my ordination, I mean uh, Lefebvre certainly said the name of, of uh, Paul VI in uh, the canon and when when you are ordained the ordinance recite the uh, prayers of the mass from the offertory on aloud together with the celebrant but I
1: certainly didn't uh,
0: recite that with him I just uh, kept silent and so it uh, went
1: it went dark uh in the area around Father Chikata for that that part of the canon I don't know did you did you get a uh, a rap on the knuckles by the the assisting priest next to you. Uh
0: no, well the assisting priest next to me was Father Dolan.
1: <laughs> and
0: to to make sure that I didn't make a mistake when it came to that, he he put yeah, his he, finger over the tack.
1: Imagine I can imagine a a thumb coming right over that that part of it. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's not so, difficult to imagine.
0: And I mean certainly the um uh, one uh, went on and continued in the uh, Pius X Society with priests who put the the name of Paul VI and later JP two in the canon, and I, uh, while I wasn't going to do it myself, uh, it um, uh, was something that uh, that others did uh, that I felt uncomfortable about. But I, I didn't quite reason out all of the uh, all of the principles at that point.
1: Well, I guess we'll we'll have to start with the the quote unquote father Z approach and ask what does the prayer really say? So let's start there. Get, you know, we're in the canon, obviously. Walk us through what it what it says, and and again, because it's in Latin, we'll have to speak about it in terms of English for the for the non uh, Latin Latin uh, speakers in our audience.
0: Okay, so what do you have? Is it's in the Te Ejitur, which is the first prayer of the canon. And The first part of the canon is uh, uh, for the Church, and uh, the the text says, uh, We offer this Mass in the first place for thy holy Catholic Church, that it please thee to grant her peace, to protect, unite, and govern her throughout the world, together with thy servant N, our Pope, and our Bishop, and all true believers and professors of the Catholic faith. So that's that's what it, it it says literally that that the this mass is being offered together uh, with these people that we are praying for these people, so you have the profession in the canon that whoever's name is put in there is in fact the pope. There are a number of ways that you can uh, slice it in terms of. Uh, how you translate the Latin. But the way that it, it all comes out is it's a recognition of whoseever name you put in there as the, the Pope, as the head of the Catholic Church, as a member of the Catholic Church, and as someone who uh, professes the, the Catholic and apostolic faith. So that's what you get. And when you're a state of the contest, um, and you've uh, figured this out, uh, you have to remember that one of the, the the keys to our position is that these people can't be real popes because they put themselves outside the church. Someone who's not a member of the church who puts himself outside through heresy can't be a member of the church and can't uh, hold an office in the Catholic Church. So almost by definition, as a state of a contest, you're going to say that this you you can't go along with this particular phrase.
1: Well, and as you say, we have. We have both both propositions that he is a true Pope and that he's a member of the true Church mm-hmm. contained within Unacum, correct? Exactly.
0: That's, uh, that's, what it, that's what it expresses. And as you go through uh, the commentaries on uh, the canon of the Mass and what the different theologians have to say, that's the conclusion that is inevitable that you come up with.
1: Right away, I, I'm sensing an objection. The, the, the practical American uh, objection in, in me, uh, Father, perhaps, is, well, why can't I just do what Father Chikata did at his uh, ordination? You know, I'm, I'm just going to go silent right here, and I am not uh, going to, to say those words. That, that's an action we might take. Why is that not something that, that coheres or that makes sense? Because
0: you are participating in a public act of worship, and through your active participation in it, you are sharing in what it expresses. And this public act of worship, uh, the the celebrant in the name of everyone present in the name of the Church is saying that uh, this person is our Pope. So you can't, as you say, if you go silent at that. I understand, I know, of course, that I, I, I did that myself, but as, as with anything, once you study the issues and once you study the theological principles, you come to a logical conclusion, and then you have to go with it. I mean, all of us uh, at one point thought that, well... Well, we didn't necessarily care for the new mass. That, well, it was okay to go to for this, that, and the other reasons. You had your Sunday obligation and so on. And, you know, you wouldn't get involved in, uh, you know, the balloon masses or the cream pie fight masses or, or, you know, whatever uh, they would do. And you'd stay off in your own little corner. But eventually we came to the conclusion that the new mass, even in Latin, is bad news and we should have nothing to do with it. So too here. So you have to you have to follow the principles once you realize what they are.
1: Well, I, I think you make the point in in one or maybe both of those articles using a modern modern uh, phrase that many people will understand. There's no opt out section. So if you look in your hand missile, there's no box that you can check to say you know I'm I'm going to say this or I'm not.
0: But yeah, you're you're either assisting at mass actively or you're not. And you can't, it's, it's not um, uh, sort of like the country buffet where you can pick the parts. But, uh, you know, it's an integral service, and uh, you participate in a number of ways in the uh, of traditional Mass, and that's, that's active, uh, active participation. Uh, otherwise, you would not fulfill your Sunday obligation. Uh, you would not really be going to Mass if, if uh, that didn't happen. So there isn't an opt-out.
1: And, and we should clarify, Father, you you, you don't mean active participation in, in the liturgical dance, I want to be a lector, active participation, but to, as traditionally defined by the Church.
0: Yeah, as traditionally defined by the Church. In other words, you in, you're engaged in the prayers uh, of the Mass and the actions of the Mass through following in your missal, reciting the rosary, devotional prayers, devoutly looking at what's going on at the altar, kneeling, um, adoring the Blessed Sacrament, uh, if you're the choir, you're singing. If you're an altar boy, you're assisting the priest at the altar. So those are all means of of your active participation uh, in uh, in the mass, and that's what that uh, that connotes.
1: You know, Father, I'm just a simple layman. You know, I don't understand all of this stuff. I'm just trying to go to mass. I'm just trying to spend time with our Lord. You know, this is this sounds really complicated, but let's just say for argument's sake that uh, you have a point here. Can you tell me what's so bad? I mean, you know, let's say he's not the pope. You know, isn't this praying for him? And and aren't we as Christians supposed to pray for someone? What 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 is actually uh, the problem of saying Unukuman? And of course, I'm baiting Father here because if you if you read uh, his article, he's got a long list of what the problems are. So, Father, um, we I think uh, ten items there on the list as to, to to what's wrong. So. Um, as as a, as Joe in the pew, Joe Catholic, Jane Catholic, what what's the problem with with saying this? Let's let's say, for sake of argument, it is a really bad thing. Can you tell me why? Okay, so uh, you have
0: the uh, there are all sorts of of affirmations that you join uh, into uh, or you join with when you assist uh, actively at the mass. First of all, you're saying of a contest, okay, and it is it's false to say that he is the pope you know he's not the pope and you should not participate in an action that uh, affirms him as the pope so uh, that's one it's 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 a falsehood uh, in the article i call it a uh, uh, pernicious lie it's pernicious because it's something that's done in connection with uh, the a uh, matter of religion, something that's that's sacred and the celebration of the holy sacrifice of the mass. So that's you're uh, right up front. There's a uh, 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 there's a lie. You know he's not the pope. He shouldn't. You shouldn't be there. Then the uh, other. I mean, uh, as you say, there are tons of things below the surface. You are. Uh, one of the understandings of liturgists uh, of uh, this part of the canon of the mass is also that it's a uh, the phrase is an expression of communion and uh, that um uh, this is a prayer for members of the church with whom you are in uh, communion and only those who uh, are you are in communion with are ones who are supposed to be prayed for uh By name in the holy sacrifice of the mass well th- these people we consider to be heretics uh and it's uh, was forbidden all the time to put the names of people who are outside the church in uh in the canon of the mass and uh, uh to pray for them uh in in that capacity as members of the church, so you have that um and the uh, another issue is okay. The the uh, first part of the the first prayer of the mass uh, is a uh, prayer for the church. Well, what happens is who's the head of the false church? Who's the head of this this one world church that is destroying the Catholic faith? And you're giving it recognition as a uh, as the Catholic Church, because that uh, the, uh, by naming its head in the prayer, you're numbering him with the people who profess the orthodox Catholic faith. And you know that's false, and that brings up the other issue, that you're implicitly uh, professing a false religion. You know, we reject the religion of, of Vatican II because it contradicts the Catholic faith, we know it contradicts the Catholic faith. Uh and uh yet uh, we tolerate um tolerate implicitly professing that it is the Catholic faith. So I mean that's that's four points for starters.
1: Um Well that's that's plenty bad <laughs> right away, Father. Uh but but wait, there's more. <laughs> Indeed. Um
0: the um well church law has been very consistent uh, uh in um uh, saying that uh heretical or schismatic clergy could not be named in liturgical prayer and in the article I cite uh, you know a number of uh cases and uh in which the um uh, Benedict Fourteenth and uh, different theologians and, and the Vatican Congregation say that it's it's um, forbidden to uh, put these names in the can to assist it at, at these masses. And in fact, um, uh, the Congregation for the Propagation of Faith, which was the missionary uh, arm of uh, the Vatican, said that uh, they, they not only forbade Catholics from singing an acclamation for the patriarch of um, patriarchs of Constantinople as heretics, uh, they uh, added uh, the, the line saying that these people deserve to be cursed instead. I mean, uh, there's the right kind of ecumenism in practice. Uh, <laughs> you know. So uh, you also have the fact that. Uh, you are par- participating in uh, something that is in fact a sin. Uh, you have theologians who say that uh, it- it's it's uh, sinful to mention by name in any liturgical prayer, whatever an infidel, a heretic, a schismatic or an excommunicated person. And it's, it's something that's considered sinful. And, uh, the uh, Congregation for the Propagation of Faith, again, said that Catholics who participate in something like this can't excuse themselves from the sin of evil common worship, or at least pernicious scandal. So the, the idea that you can opt out uh, at a certain point and um, escape this as a profession uh, of, of communion with these people is not... Uh, is not possible according to the um, uh, decrees of, of the Roman Congregations and according to the teachings of Catholic theology.
1: Well, there's still more, isn't there, Father? <laughs> you know, I, I'm
0: afraid there is. It's, it's, one is uh, have, it it, it uh, simply keeps going on. So you, you um, also this particular uh, fray or this particular section of the Eden of the canon is a, um, a expression of the the uh, uh, of uh, offering mass in the union of uh, with someone else with the pope and the, the the priest unites himself to the pope uh when he uh, recites this prayer so you end up uniting yourself with um, if if uh, uh, say uh, chaos frank if if bergoglio's name is in the canon of the mass you end up uh, uniting yourself with this this clown this this heretical usurper, and you uh recognize also his uh uh usurpation of the pontifical office because he's he's prayed for as uh, uh, as the pope it's uh also it's a question of of uh scandal and and of of a bad example and the decrees of the Roman decrees have talked about that as well that it's it's a bad example it's an inducement to sin uh for uh for others so that that uh, well, this is one of the reasons why the church uh forbade catholics to participate actively in worship with with heretics or schismatics and they said that that if in the case say of schismatics, that when uh, they see Catholics go to their churches or assist at their rites and participate in their sacraments, uh should one not believe that from that fact alone they would be more greatly confirmed in their errors in other words if if uh, the uh, people uh realize especially that you Let's say you are a saint of the contest, and you're going to one of these these masses. They're going to think that it's it's all fine. That the question of the pope is not a, uh, you know, really doesn't have anything to say about this. So that's generally speaking, uh, you know, what you're up against.
1: Which is uh, when, which is uh, not a shortage you, of things.
0: <laughs> no, uh, certainly not, and uh, uh, the it's a long list and once i started researching this i was really surprised uh how much and how, how many in uh, how many different directions the problems with this went uh and uh, how deep your involvement is if you uh, participate uh in these masses. Uh, there, there are all sorts of Roman decrees and, and teachings of different theologians, and there's, there's no wiggle room. There's no wiggle room for you if you want to um, follow the principles that Catholic theologians and canonists and uh, uh, papal decrees and decrees of the Holy See have have laid down when it comes to uh, what the canon of the Mass means and uh, whether you can participate in uh, a rite that names a heretic or a schismatic in the canon of the
1: Mass. It was absolutely astounding. I, th- I think it's a bit shocking because we, I, I, maybe the closest analog would be the homo usios, homo oi usios, where we get the the one Iota, uh, the Yoda Unum concept mm-hmm. that all you have to do is change a letter and you've got a completely different theology, right? So here, yes. Unu- yes. you know, we're we're not just a letter; we've got a few words. Mm-hmm. So just a few words, and there's a whole problem. And of course, this this goes back to your the original title you chose for the article, "Grain of Incense," which in which father was alluding to all you had, uh, you know, what uh, young. Uh, Roman Christians or, or older Roman Christians, for that matter, were, were told to do, look, all you got to do is offer this, this grain of incense, and we're not going to kill you and, you know, kill your family and take your property. And all you got to do is do this, this one thing. And so yeah, all you have to do is just say, unicum, uh, Francisco, I guess, would be the, uh, the the term these days.
0: Yes. yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I think this now gets us to the crux of the matter. and I have to, I mean, obviously, I have to speak as someone who lived in America for for many years, that there is a huge disconnect in America between convictions and praxis. This is where we can get someone like uh, a mayor of New York saying that he's privately opposed to abortion, but publicly, what can he do, right? So all day long, Americans are quite used to this concept of disconnect between your private beliefs and the practicality of the situation, uh, and I think the important point that you're making in this article is, as Catholics, we're not permitted to have a disconnect between our private beliefs <laughs> and our and our public actions. Uh, at least, uh, you know, we can probably have a discussion about certain situations at work uh, and what uh, you might not say versus what you might say. But this is not about a workplace situation. This is about Catholic worship. This is sort of an in-house issue. Yeah, so, it's, it's a
0: matter of matter of religion, and uh, it's a matter of of um, the question of of uh, the question of the church and the identity of the church and what you have to say about that, what you believe, and what is a Catholic in your um, uh, practical in the practice of your religion uh, you
1: must do. Well, and that's, the, that's the, the voice I'm going to raise here, Father. So, Father, what about my Sunday obligation? You, you, you expect me just to not go to Mass now, just because you, you've enumerated, you know, ten different ways that I'm um, sitting and going against church teaching? Okay, so there's ten different ways. But uh, is that what you're saying? You're saying, I, I, I can't go to—what am I supposed to do on Sunday?
0: And the answer to that is that you have to observe the divine law and uh, you have to observe the laws of the Church. And you're certainly not... The uh, the law of the Church does not uh, uh, require you or uh, compel you to or bind you to go to a uh, Mass that uh, uh, professes a pernicious lie about the identity of the Roman pontiff, about the uh, Church, about the nature of the Church, about membership in the Church, uh, that... Uh, a right that is a, a, uh, your assistance that it would be a, a source of scandal, uh, and a right that um, uh, wrongly identifies a heretic as the vicar of Jesus Christ on earth. So you are not your Sunday obligation. Uh, it doesn't bind you to do that. There is no obligation in a situation like that because you can't uh, you can't fulfill it with uh, uh, going to a, a going to such a right.
1: OK, well, then how about the I'm going to I'm going to try another tactic on you, Father. How about the uh, I'm going to go with the inside baseball stroke uh, or slash um, it ignorant uh, argument, which is, well, I know that Father so-and-so is actually a set of a contest. So I know that he doesn't say anything. So I've got I've got some little inside knowledge. So I'm actually attending a non-uniku mass, even <laughs> though everyone thinks it is. That's one. That's one. Or the other is, you know uh father uh, father uh father smith he's you know he's 27 he's he's new uh he's just been ordained i he's he's really fired up for the faith he just hasn't studied this issue so he doesn't really know what he's doing so it's almost accidentally an unicum mass so uh <laughs> the accidental unicum mass um or the inside baseball i know he's a secret set of a contest i mean clearly surely those are options for me father and I'm sure there's a, a website listing secret set of a contest masses for uh good masses of of the new father retro uh and we can we can go to those right
0: so the um with the same answer as uh before obviously when it when it's the the uh, crypto state of a contest you know say the uh the the tenth uh, society say it's uh, the Abbe de la Fromage Grande, okay, and that he's 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 saying mass in uh, you know Battle Creek or Kalamazoo, and uh, he's a secret state of a contest, okay. Well, the policy of his organization is that um, you put the name of uh, the false pope in the canon. Now. Uh, and that is the presumption when you go to one of their their masses and everyone else is under that um uh, under that uh, impression so uh, the answer is that, uh, that no because it's uh, the same thing it is a you give the impression that um he is um uh, People have the impression that he is, and a not a, a of the Contest, that he is putting the name in the canon. So it's the same thing as as the um, Christians at a certain point in history who didn't want to offer a grain of incense to Jupiter. And the the uh, Roman uh, officials, or they, they, they would get someone to write up a certificate, though, saying that they did it's the same thing that in the practical order you are uh, approving of something uh, evil in a formal way even though materially it it may not be well so that's uh, that's as far as the the abbe uh the uh, fromage uh, ground goes and then uh, the other thing is well uh, that um it's either objectively bad or it isn't and you know young father retro who hasn't had time to study these different issues et cetera. well his uh, him uh be his ignorance doesn't excuse you because you know better and you've figured out that uh paul the 6th and his successors are not true popes and you're a sad advocate and uh you still uh participate in uh the uh, in an assertion that states the contrary when you participate in one of their masses.
1: Well, you mentioned material a few moments ago. How about if I'm praying for him materially as the Pope? I mean, let's say I'm a thesis person, and uh, I I have recognized his distinction between formal and material, and just I'm just praying for him materially as, as the person who's holding the office who one day could possibly become Pope. And the thing is
0: that the the uh priest who put together the thesis Father Gerard Delorier, uh was very clear that uh one uh, he was the one who really raised initially the issue of the unico masses that this this um uh, sullies uh the uh, mentioning these these people who are not who do not possess papal authority uh, this sullies the canon of the mass and the, this this uh, makes the this the sullies makes dirty the clean ablation so in other words if uh, that's not a very good uh uh leg to stand on uh, uh considering the uh, the author of the thesis of uh Kasiakum
1: <laughs> well that's all well and good but this is just father Chicada's opinion you know i talked with father so and so last week and he t- he's a he's a hardcore set of a contest. and he told me it was totally fine for me to go to mass because I live in the middle of nowhere Mongolia and they only have mass every 18 months and so I he said that I could go. So I mean, you know, what is Father Chikata better than him? Is Father so Chikata no more.
0: You you leave your yurt in Inner Mongolia and um you go off to the mass center there. Well, the uh, question is, or the issue always is, that people are as good as the reasons. And the I had a lot of people uh, grouse about uh, the article, the grain of incense, and I've, a number of priests groused about it, complained about it as well, saying they disagreed with the conclusions and, and uh, you know thought it was extreme. That's sort of the, I guess, the ultimate. Um, Ultimate stigma uh, uh, of the minors. I was going to
1: say we we can bring out some of the uh, the Francis Watch names of rigorist, uh, Pelagian. Uh, I'm worried you might uh, might get labeled with some of those.
0: Yeah, but extremism in the pursuit of sadoecompism is no vice,
1: <laughs> said someone. Paraphrase.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Barry Goldwater, um, an old school
1: trad, <laughs> who, whom
0: I'm uh, old enough to remember, unfortunately. So uh, the. Uh, so a priest who expresses that opinion is only as good as his reasons and the 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 fact is that um i uh, uh, put out all of this information, and while people are groused about it, no one has been able to write a coherent answer to it based on any theological principles people don't Some people don 't like the conclusions, but tough i mean we 're supposed to um we're supposed to operate according to uh, the principles of Catholic theology, and from from what I've laid out, it's absolutely clear that uh, what the unicum phrase means, and what the practical consequences of that should be uh, for uh, the Catholic who participates in it. And if you know he's not the Pope, you can't uh, you can't go along with it. I'm willing to uh listened to arguments but no one has is really it's been what um 8 years or so i think since since i wrote this article and no one has really been able to come up with anything to to uh deal with the uh, the particular issues so that that uh, tells me that um it's it's uh that tells me that the conclusion is correct that that um, the, the, since no one has been able really to answer it from a theological point of view?
1: Well, I suppose this might be a good time—well, uh, first of all, it might be a good time to remind our listeners that you are listening to Trad Controversies on the Restoration Radio Network. Our subject today has been the Unicum Mass, and Father has been speaking about what the Unicum prayer means— Uh, what it means to participate actively in mass within the context of, of that particular prayer within the Canon and uh, listed a, a lengthy list of, of transgressions that occur. If you do either utter this phrase in your mind, as you're reading along, or even if you're praying the rosary and you don't follow the missile normally, or you're meditating, whatever it is, the fact that you're there means that you're consenting to what's being said. And then, um, in the last uh, 15 minutes or so, I've brought up common objections, objections that that I probably had, and objections that I heard very often when I was exploring this issue. And I, I started the program by saying it took me several years. Even though Father's article was already out, I was looking uh, probably because the conclusion was horrifying that I was going to have to leave the sacraments. And I, I think that is something I would caution people is reading the article or listening to this show, the conclusion is horrifying. But that is not it's not a reason, let's say it's horrifying because you attend an unaku Mass. But I want you to think about the fact that you're making a decision based on how you feel, as opposed to what the reality is. And I, I suppose two thirds of my struggle as to why I finally abandoned an unaku Mass that was 20 minutes from my house, some something that I had moved for, was because I, I had to realize that ideas have consequences, and that you you can't believe one thing and then do another. And that, that was where we started today's show, with this sort of feeling of dread, feeling that there was something wrong. So uh, to get to the etymology of this, Father, this article, Great of Incense, came out in November of 2007. When did this really, you, would you say, became an issue for you that you had to resolve? Because obviously, we can go back to ordination day, and you had it formulated a way, you, you found a way, a, a modus vivendi within seminary. But when did this really become an issue? And then obviously, something that you had to research. And, and can you walk us through that process for you?
0: It actually it started with the, the then Father Sanborn. He had uh, he had written an article uh, on it in the uh, early nineties that uh, I'd read. We had a uh, very good uh, magazine called Sacerdotium, in, uh, intended primarily for priests, and, and it had appeared an, uh, quarterly and it had a, a number of very well written, I think, theological
1: articles. So he, I laugh, he wrote R-I-E for Sacerdotium. Uh, pardon. I said an R.I.P. for Saturdote. No yes, I, that's
0: right. I, Unfortunately, um, it, it was uh, uh, quite a bit of an effort to uh, keep it going, and uh, we really weren't in a position with running a seminary that we started up a seminary shortly thereafter, and we really couldn't keep um, uh, really couldn't keep the two things going at the same time. So uh, that got me. Uh, certainly got me thinking about the issue and it uh, uh, uh it uh took a while as as i uh started looking into these uh, different issues and and uh, uh discussing them with uh, with father Sandborn. uh you know at first I, I wasn't uh convinced i could kind of see it but uh, as to whether or not this would be an absolute uh, prohibition I uh, really hadn't come to that conclusion, so it, it, it uh, took me a while. It took me a while, and then it started to come up more and more because uh, the uh, uh, because of the indult uh, masses uh, that were started to be celebrated in uh, different parts of the world. Indult uh, masses were, were there wasn't any problem with validity. Ones that say were celebrated by uh, older priests. Uh, There are a number of those. And then uh, also Masses celebrated by the priests of the Society of St. Pius X, that um, uh, there were more and more of these, and you would get the questions, well, can I go to this Mass, even though they recognize um, uh, JP two as uh, as the Pope? So the issue started to pop up uh, uh, more and more, and it uh, took me a while to... uh, uh, it took me a while to get around to it, to writing the article, uh, and uh, coming to coming to a firm conclusion about it.
1: Well, you mentioned the SSPX, and I suppose that might be a footnote that we could insert here, Father, because there's an additional problem with SSPX masses, isn't there?
0: Yeah, the um, well, the theology, of course, generally speaking, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and, right. Uh, I know that has occurred to a number of people. Uh, The uh, idea that you can somehow um, recognize someone as the Supreme Pontiff, but not be subject to him in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, that's... uh, And, you know, you end up setting up altar against... the altar against the uh, Roman Pontiff. So, that's a... um, uh, That's, let's say, the the initial uh, reaction. But they uh the f- first question is is, is uh, they uh, recognize this this person as the uh roman pontiff but they've set their mass up in uh, opposition to him so it, it's uh very difficult to see uh at least if you're logical how uh from the point of view of, of uh, church law and uh, of the traditional Catholic theology, your Mass could be considered something licit or legitimate to go to because the guy you say is uh, the Pope uh, that you recognize as the Pope has a representative in the area who is called the diocesan bishop, and the diocesan bishop says your Masses are illicit. People should not go to them. So uh, there's that particular problem. Uh, the other thing is is that the uh, pious of the tenth society's uh, uh, theology uh, makes them, uh, we could say, formally schismatic, but not materially schismatic, which is um, which works kind of this way that the uh, uh, they recognize. Uh, 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 Paul VI and his successors as legitimate Roman pontiffs, but they're not subject to him. They refuse submission to him. Uh, so uh, the, the refusal of submission to the Roman pontiff is a uh, is the, the definition of schism uh, that one can find in in the Code of Canon Law. Uh, the However, the man is not the Roman Pontiff. We know that, as stated in the, state the contests. So the, uh, their their schism is is something that is uh, uh, practically speaking in the will that they will not the, uh, to be subject to him. They perform the acts uh, that. Um, uh, manifest that they're not going to be subject to them, only the, uh, while they may pay lip service to the idea that they're subject to them. In practical order, they're not. So uh, it, it is the. Um, you end up with the sin of schism. You end up with the sin of schism, and you go to a mass and you um, associate yourself with that. Uh, so that's a.
1: Uh, uh, that, to say the least, is uh, is problematic. Well, I was I was just thinking to myself that even if I have a trifold brochure that says excommunicated schismatic Rome says no, mm-hmm. uh, that that that's not going to save me.
0: Uh, no, it's not going to work. And uh, you know, particularly if you're a state of a contest and you've got this figured out, uh, it's not going. That, that's uh, those sort of of. Uh, um, uh, serious excuses uh, uh, simply aren't going to absolve you.
1: And this is probably for another time, Father. But I would always point out that the, the use of the term Rome as a phrase among Catholics is to excuse people from saying vicar of Jesus Christ on earth, which is a far more fearsome thing to say than, you know, you don't want to deal with modernist vicar of Jesus Christ on earth, as opposed to modernist Rome, which is, it's easy to resist modernist Rome, you know, whatever that is.
0: Yeah, so then, uh, that always ends up being a euphemism, modernist Rome or the Roman authorities, right? That, that we're holding discussions to see whether we can unite ourselves with the Roman authorities. And for which I would want to substitute to, to see if we can submit ourselves to the, uh, uh, Prince of the Apostles and the Vicar of Jesus <laughs> Christ on Earth, uh, and,
1: and what are their titles, Patriarch of the West, etc. That they haven't gotten rid of lately. Yeah, one of the
0: titles they haven't
1: gotten rid of. Okay. Uh, your article, Grain of Incense, was dedicated to Patrick Henry O'More, which I have to say, it's quite a quite a thing for a layman to receive a dedication from a priest in a in a an article. Can you can you give us a little bit of insight into that?
0: Well, he, he was an. Uh, uh, it's one of the first battlers uh, in the traditional movement in the United States, and he wrote um, an article uh, even before the new mass came uh, came in, uh, called questioning questioning the validity of masses using the new old English canon, and he he. Uh, wrote a, a very fine uh, article uh, about this and produced a whole series of uh, anti-modernist tracts that were very very well uh, laid out that uh, explained the uh, problems with the uh, uh, problems with the liturgical changes and the problems with the religion of Vatican II in general so he was a a uh, quite a figure in the traditionalist movement in the United States and laid the groundwork eventually he moved to Australia and um continued to write some some articles there he's died i think about a year ago years or so ago and um was uh, uh, finally on the Unukum issue actually was, was uh, ended up being very strong about how one could not assist at one of these masses so I thought it was uh, appropriate uh, that I would uh, dedicate the article to him. He was also a fan of the Cincinnati Reds, uh, <laughs> but I'm not much on sports. I'm not sure whether they're the hockey team or the baseball team.
1: So they, yeah, they're, they are a baseball team. <laughs> they are. I can, okay. I, I can, I can affirm that father. Um, <laughs> can I ask, I, I asked this question somewhat at the beginning of our last episode on, uh, which was on the home alone issue as to what has the complexion so let's say you started looking at this seriously in the '90s, and now we're into the the, the teens, uh, and we're not talking about the '19 teens either. Mm-hmm. Um, what has the the general mood been? H- do you have you sensed that uh, set of contests are are becoming more? Should you say non-unicum? Or are they becoming more lax as you look at the last uh, since 2007? Let's say in the last eight, ten years since your article came out. What what have you been observing as a trend?
0: Well, as as far as I can tell, uh, there are more people who are attuned to this issue and who have uh, looked at what I've written about it and have come to agree with it. Um, the uh, part of this is is uh, driven by chaos, Frank, by Bergoglio, that um, you. He he has he has been a game changer in many respects, uh, and he has has uh, forced people to uh, re-examine the Sede Vicante question. And then along with that, you say, well, uh, I don't want to go to a mass that uh, that is affirming that this clown is is the pope. How can I do that? He's he's obviously he's not a Catholic. So the. Uh, I would say that that uh, more now there's there's a greater consciousness of those two issues and those two issues go together. And also, we uh, have the in terms of the uh, ability to have an access to the mass. Um, one of the things that we've been able to do is put our masses on the internet. So people who do not want to uh, uh, give in on this particular issue, they can watch live webcasts of, of we have four Sunday Masses, we have uh, uh, other weekend Masses, Holy Day Masses, they can listen to the sermon. So uh, it's it's not the same thing as, as being uh, physically present, but uh, you're morally present and you can make a spiritual communion. And even the pre-Vatican, Two, teaching is is that uh, assisting Mass via some sort of an artificial means of communication like that is spiritually beneficial. So we've been able to um, uh, fill in, as it were, uh, 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 fill in a little bit for people who otherwise would have uh, no contact with the Mass or sacraments at all. And they find it very consoling.
1: Well, and I, I might add, Father, as we move towards Quadragesima, that uh, if they tune in to St. Gertrude's, they'll also have the benefit of the pre-55 non-Novus Ordo Holy Week, which, of course, we will cover in a future Trad Controversies episode. Yeah, uh,
0: yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And, and uh, we also have more services during um, Lent. Uh, we have a Friday night services. Uh, with which consisted of major sermon stations, the cross, mass, benediction, etc., and uh, those you can uh, participate as well. And we have a number of uh, uh, tips on our website as to how to do that.
1: So I want to end today's episode, Father, where you began the article, which was a quote from Father Faber, and I'll, I'll read it for the benefit of our, our listeners. Our charity is untruthful because it is not severe. And it is unpersuasive because it is not truthful. Where there is no hatred of heresy, there is no holiness. And I suppose in an era where tolerance is a virtue, it's really hard to understand or wrap our mind around that concept of, of the hatred of heresy. Not just tolerating something because we don't really have any other option, but saying, this is terrible. I want to stamp it out. I, I want to burn copies of it you know, everywhere. This is a terrible, terrible thing. And how you know how are we to go about doing that? How can we reinstitute a hatred of heresy? With, with I mean, we can't engage in a two-minute hate. That that's not going to be a solution for a Catholic. But what's something we can do to reinstitute a hatred of heresy?
0: Well, you educate yourself about its existence. You see what its bad effects are. You know, you quoted um, earlier. I think it was Richard Weaver, Professor Rich, Richard Weaver's. Uh, uh, book title on, on politics ideas have consequences and um, heretical ideas have uh, terrible moral consequences so the 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 I, uh, idea that uh, the glue as it were is the truth true doctrine that holds catholicism together and you uh, have to adhere to that not only in, uh, intellectually but uh uh but in pra- in practice as well you can't become indifferent you have to think of the the example of, of the martyrs one of the the things that uh, struck me is is after i had written this article in uh november or i published it in november of, of uh, i think it was 2007 something like that um and the next month was christmas and for for christmas uh, on the vigil of Christmas, we uh, sing the Office of Prime, and we sing the Martyrology for for Christmas, which is the announcement of uh, the birth of Christ. And then, uh, together with the martyro- together with that, are the uh, martyrs' names of, of uh, the martyrs whose feasts occurred, whose deaths occurred the next day. And I was particularly struck by the fact uh, that there was an account. Of the death of the mar- martyrs of Nicomedia who um uh, uh several thousand martyrs and the uh account uh given was was uh was this that upon the feast of christ's birth they had come together unto the lord's house, and the Emperor Diocletian ordered the doors of the church to be shut, and all things made ready for the fire round about it then he set a tripod and incense in front of the door and set a herald to proclaim in a loud voice that whosoever would escape burning should come forth and offer incense unto Jupiter. Whereupon they all replied with one voice that they would rather die for Christ's sake. And they did. Hmm. And that illustrates the principle at work here, that... Of the uh, truths of the faith have to have consequences in our practical life.
1: And I was thinking we had Saint Apollonia a few days ago, and I think she jumped in to yep. uh, to <laughs> so so not just not just submitting, but uh, sort of volunteering, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of volunteers, uh, we are looking for volunteers to help with Father's organ. Uh, we recently had some success. Uh, on the reprint of work of human hands, which is also returning to the air this month. If you were wondering what happened to work of human hands, the, the radio uh, show that is back. Uh, we're just on a, a different uh, broadcasting schedule this year because obviously father has an increased show load. So we can't ask him to do, I don't know, five, six shows a month. So uh, so we'll, we'll see that as well. So the book is coming back, not just the radio show, but the book is coming back. So congratulations on reaching your goal. and. Uh, uh, actually, smashing it and offering some incense uh, to it as well. Um, you're, we're on to your next goal. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your progress and, and remind people about the project that they haven't heard about it?
0: Oh well, uh, we have an ancient uh, electronic organ here at St. Gertrude's, Gertrude the Great, and uh, I'm uh, an organist. Many of you know that, and we really need a new instrument. This thing that we have is—it is has—it's uh, 35-year-old. Technology and it has cardboard punch cards. well, an organ became available recently for um a uh, relatively low price and the, we need maybe five six or seven thousand dollars to to purchase and install it It's another electronic and it would do us uh very very nicely and We'd love to um have your support for that You can contribute to that on um Uh, sggresources.org. There's there's a a particular page for that. And there's also a uh, link on there um, that will take you to a video of uh, our young organist here playing a very fancy French toccata and uh, something maybe we hope will inspire your generosity. So if, if you're able to contribute, we would greatly appreciate it.
1: Well, and I think that's as good a way as any for us to to end the episode, talking about finishing a a non-Unicum mass with uh, some lovely organ playing. Father, thanks so much for your time on on today's episode, and we look forward to having you on future episodes of Trad Controversies.
0: Uh, thanks, Stephen. Always a pleasure. Th-
1: thanks, Father. All of us here at the Restoration Radio Network would ask that if you found this show to be informative, helpful, or in any way beneficial to you and to your faith, that you please consider sending a note of thanks to the clergy who helped make our network worthwhile. Remember that above and beyond material contributions, the most important donation you can make to our work here is prayer. Please think I'm of offering a Mass, a Rosary, or even a simple Ave for our work the next time you pray. If you have questions for Father or you'd like follow-up on some of the points we made today, simply email your questions to controversies at truerestoration.org and we will do our best to answer them for the restoration i am stephen heiner may god bless you